Hey everybody, Paul Turner here from thedisciplesproject.net here with another great episode of the Youth Ministry Emotion Podcast. Glad you could join us today. We're going to be talking about video games, culture, and parenting. All things we need to know about. So let's just jump right into the interview today with Christ-Centered Gamer. Um, so today... I have some uh, guests with me today whom I have been checking out their YouTube videos lately. Uh, it's Jason and Cheryl Gress. They are the founders of ChristCenteredGamer.com, and uh, they offer reviews from a Christian perspective on video games, on uh, uh, you know different um, uh, consoles, things like that. Uh, they have uh, they have it all. The website that's the ChristianGamer.com. Also, Christ Centered Games. Excuse me, ChristCenteredGamer.com. Also, they have a YouTube channel. Which is at youtube.com uh, Christ Centered Gamer? It's, I think it's YouTube. It's slash CTGR. It's okay. probably the best right. way to get to it. We will put links in the description there. And I want to welcome you guys to the podcast. And what a great time of year to uh, bring you guys in because we're going to be talking about video games and all that kind of good stuff. People are going to be uh, shredding the stores looking for the best deals and things like that. Um, yeah. And so we're going to get to that just a little bit later. But uh, let me ask this my, my first experience with video games. Uh, the very first, uh, from what I've looked up here, the very first um, arcade game was a game called uh, Computer Space, uh, and was in 1971. And it was by the guys who had eventually went on to create and, and go with Atari. Uh, and my first video game experience was actually Space Invaders, and it was I lived in Brooklyn, New York, and I remember it was for some reason it was in a it was before there were arcades, right? Before you could go in and there's like multiple arcade places and multiple arcades in a room. This was just like a dinky space invader thing in the back of this like thrift store or whatever it was. I don't And the guy was just starving for quarters, I guess. And I was like, man, I was like, I was all over that though. I was like crazy. So let me ask you guys then, uh, before we get into your story, what was your first, uh, video game or what were the video games you guys grew up on? Do you mind if I go first? Go for it. Okay. Well, it's funny you mentioned Space Invaders because um, my first video game was actually Space Invaders as well. Oh. Um, it was, uh, I was about three or four years old, and the man that would become my stepdad later brought an Atari 2600 over to my mom's house. And I remember it clearly, <laughs> playing that first video game. Um, he hooked it up, you know, hooked it up to our TV, and... I immediately fell in love with Space Invaders, and as, as a, a very young tot, um, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And I played quite a bit, and I remember flipping the little switches on the Atari, you know, trying all the different modes, and oh, this one's invisible. How do you play that? And all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was already hacking it at that age. And, uh, you know, I, I, ever since then, I mean, I've played every video game system and every type of, of video game ever since. I mean, you know, from Space Invaders and all the 2600 games and combat and all those air sea battle and river raid and all those classics. And, uh, ever since then, you know, I've just been playing ever since Super Nintendo, Nintendo, uh, PC gaming, uh-huh. even in the, I remember when I was young, um, my first computer game was when my dad brought his ATT CC300 plus home. And he had a bunch of floppy disks, and one of them was little Jumpman, and then another one of little babies bouncing out in a little—I don't even know what the game is called. It's been so long since I played it, but you know, you come jump the little baby falling out of a building. And you have the little trampolines across the screen, right? Yeah, I don't I remember that. that, but somehow in my in my collective memory, I seem to be—I seem to remember that somehow. <laughs> On a green monitor, monochrome 
Yes. So, yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cheryl, what did you, what was some of your first memories of, of games that you played? Um, I think probably with some old like Atari computers where it was like more like the keyboard was like the main part of it and it plugged into like a small television, uh, you know, played some, uh, some games on there. Um, I think like, there's like a BC caveman game was pretty fun. Uh, had a Commodore 64 played games on. And then we got our first console was an Atari 2600. And it's funny. We were always like a console or two behind. So before we got the net, like before the nest, like when the nest came out, we finally got an Atari 7800 when that happened. So then when the SNES came out, we got our first NES. <laughs> and then from there, it was kind of PC games. So, um, yeah, so like on the Atari 2600, I remember playing uh, uh, Summer Olympics games and like you had like these little stick figures that were, you know, running around and doing mm-hmm. things. And my dad's like, is that a person? I'm like, yeah, isn't it awesome? It's a little stick guy. <laughs> so, little stick so, uh, we were fascinated by little stick guys, though, weren't we? Oh yeah. oh yeah! I mean, you know, for 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 what it was, we were like, that's something new. We've never really seen that before. Where you get to control the stick guy, you know? Yeah. And so that was a that yeah, the stick guy move. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and so, in looking at your guys's website that you have uh, at uh, ChristCenterGamer has a ton of reviews on it. It's got a lot of uh, uh, blog posts. It's got a lot of information. It's got a lot of things. So tell us a little bit about your backstory of how this uh, came to be uh, for you guys to say, well, this is something we need to just, we need to build a website, uh, uh, especially around Christian, uh, being a Christian gamer, uh, such as yourselves. Why did you feel like that was a, a thing that you said, well, we're going to pour ourselves into this thing? All right. So, um, okay. So Jay and I, we got married in November of 99 and we kind of have a prenup where we have to have equal computers. So upgrading is really expensive. And, um, back when, you know, Actually, with you know, with a lot of games, you know, if you want to play together on a game or something like that, you got to get your own copy in each game. So, um, we got the game Ultima Nine, and so we had to pay for it twice. You know, copy for him, copy for me. I think probably fifty dollars was the going rate for this game. Right. So a hundred dollars into this game. And um, the graphics were phenomenal. The music was great. We were, I mean, you were hooked. It was a really fun game. However, uh, in order to do magic in this game, you had to walk around, you had to collect reagents, and you had to bring these reagents to a pentagram, place them in there, light candles around it to make your magic. And that was just way too much. I I mean, that really crossed the line. And, And we were like, you know what? I, I, I'm convicted. I can't play this anymore. <laughs> and he was, he, you know, he felt the same way. It's like, is there any way we could have been warned about this? You know, as Christians, how how could we know not to, that, that this this would be in the game? I mean, how could we know about this ahead of time and save ourselves a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or whatever the case? So, um, I was looking on the internet and um, you know, was looking to see if there's any kind of resource out there. And the results were at the time were, were pretty uh, underwhelming. And so it's like, huh, well, okay, well, I guess, you know, like, I guess that's that. There's really not much out there. And, but this was like, it was on my mind prodding me 
prodding me. Like, you know, you know, I think I'm one of those people that, you know, God wants me to do something. He's got to smack me up with a two by four. And so he's like, it's you, moron. This is your job. I hear that same voice, but we must be serving the same God because I hear that same voice quite often myself. (laughs) So, So, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was on my, you know, it was just nagging at me, do something, do something, do something, do something. So, you know, we got like a little, like a free website host that did, that only had like 20 megabytes of space, which was sufficient at the time. <laughs> and, um, I think actually it still works. If you go to, I think it's like ccgr.20m.com or something like yeah, that. That'll, be, yeah. that'll, that'll still point to ccgr.org, which kind of works, which will then point to Christ Center Gamer. So it's kind of like a, <laughs> a, a, a stepping point, a stepping stone. So yeah, because, uh, you know, because CCGR is much shorter to type, we still use that for our email addresses and stuff like that. But Christ Center Gamer, I think, is like an all-encompassing domain name that kind of makes sense. So, uh, but yeah, so we've been, um, you know, looking at, you know, some of the original reviews, I admit they're pretty crappy, you know, a couple paragraphs done, you know, oh, look at me, yay. But, you know, now we have, you know, we actually have really good quality reviews. We have people, it, it's mostly volunteer based. So if you know anybody that wants to write reviews for us or help us look over the reviews before going live, we're always looking for help. Okay. So, um, but we take, we take. Uh, you know, just, just the pride and the quality of the content. You know, we can't take credit. You can't take credit. You know, God brings people to us, and you know, and God has brought this. You know, made the site grow. So it, you know, it's, it's totally a God thing, and we've never had a shortage of content or helpers. So I mean, there's de- God's hand is definitely on it. And so yeah, so so it's we it's, we really you know, our quality has gotten better throughout the years, and uh, we have a lot of people who don't agree with us on our beliefs, but they appreciate. Our our perspective and our approach to how we review games and the quality of the reviews. So we've had atheists come to the site or, you know, non-believers, trolls, whatever, you know, like, Oh, look at, look at their score for this game. Hi, look at that moral score. Ha ha ha. You know, but then everyone else is like, yeah, but the rest of the review is great. And these are like non-believers, you know, standing up on it. So yeah. So it's been, it's been a long, it's been a long road. Um, and we listen to feedback. We take feedback very seriously. Uh, you know, we, we can't, you know, cater to everything. I mean, I know our review score isn't perfect, but it's the best we got. Sure. And um, we're, we're always willing to listen to constructive feedback. So. And by the way, if you're listening, uh, which you are, if you, you're listening, you're, you're listening to this, they, and you're a youth worker and you play video games, you need to be hitting them up in the notes there where, where their email is and those things because uh, youth workers play a lot of video games. And so uh, if you want to offer your reviews and offer your, your feedback and things like that, you need to hit these guys up and let them know uh, what you'd like to do. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, uh, you know, the questions, I asked a few questions online and it's interesting, and we're going to just get right into this because it's the, it's, you know, the, it's the first thing you hear from parents or it's the first thing you hear from, from others. And it's interesting, the cross section of people who, um, uh, who kind of answered the, you know, asked the question. I said, well, what do you guys want to ask these guys? And uh, their major thing was about the violence situation. And they want to talk about 
This is some young adults. This is you're talking about some some young twenties uh, and maybe some mid twenties, maybe an early thirty in there. Mason, uh, a student here, says says for many violence doesn't really phase them, but for others it can be a problem. At what age would someone allow violent games into their kids' lives? Personality dependent, of course. So he's basically saying, listen, based on that kid's personality and discerning those things, does it? I mean, uh, I mean you have. First of all, let's make clear this up too. You guys have kids, right? Okay, how old are you? Our youngest just turned 10 on the 8th. Okay. So we have 10, 11, and 13. Oh, wow. So this prime age right here, this is a middle school group waiting to happen right here. And, yeah. and so youth workers, if you're, you're these are these guys are not talking from a vacuum here. They're they're talking as parents and they're talking as yes. lovers of video games. So what would you say then? Says for many violence doesn't really phase them, which you know that's a sticky word, right? But for others it can be a problem. What what do you guys say to parents and parents yourselves uh, about the question of violence in video games? You know, um, first of all. We use the Bible as our standard, right? And the Bible says that if you're convicted on any issue, to listen to that conviction, right? So that's always the first thing. Because that's one of the reasons why we write our reviews the way we do, is that we let the Holy Spirit do the convictions. Because we know that from one person to another, they may not necessarily feel the same way about a specific issue. And God gives you the Holy Spirit because it's a relationship with him, not with me. Right. Not with anybody that's Christ Center Gamer. It's with God. So if you disagree with us, God bless you. And I mean that. Follow the instincts, you know, what the Holy Spirit tells you. Don't follow what we tell you. With that said, uh, with our children, um, even with our 13-year-old, who's a girl, so she's not really all interested in doing it anyway, but we don't let gory games, really. If it's really gory and nasty, we don't do that. But it's about this age is where we've started to loosen the reins, if you will, on letting them play more violent games. But we still have, you know, standards. You know, if it's blood and gore everywhere, that's not something that we will do as parents. Sure. And let me Um, clarify, too. But if it's laser tag, for example, we we have no problem with that. It's a violent game. Um, right. I mean, I mean, technically, in the strict definition, it is. It but is. we've okay. let them play Mario for quite some time. Right. So when we say um, violent, we're talking about, like you said, gory games, blood right. games, those kind of right. things. So, so I just want to make sure we right. we clarify that for that. Right. They, they can stop on mushrooms all they want. That's fine. Okay. Because we, it's funny because my my son has friends that play Call of Duty and, and, and other violent, you know, shoot 'em up style games, and it was it was it was adorable when I. My, my son told me once, yeah, they play Call of Duty playing, but I didn't play it because I know we're not allowed to. <laughs> uh, it's good to have kids that, that are listening occasionally. Sure. But, um, you know, if it's killing for the sake of killing, if it's like a laser tag type sport, we'll let them do that. Like, you know, um, there's a there's a computer game called Robo Roller Robo Derby Disco Dodgeball. I think I got that right. The kids love it. It's basically dodgeball with robots, and you throw balls at each other. Yes. And it's really fun, and they love it. Now, they're getting older, so we have allowed them to play, you know, um, Unreal Tournament with the blood off, right? Sure. Because they're getting older. But for several years, that's all they could play. That was shoot them off, right? So, you know, um, I think knowing your kids is the biggest part, you know, because our, you know, if, if one of, if our kids really seem to get a thrill out of violence, then we would tone it back. Sure. You know? Um, and that's one of the things that the parents just have to pay attention to. I think I think one of the most important things is being involved and playing games with your kids. You know, because uh, that way you can gauge the reaction. You can kind of see, 
you know, what, what's appropriate for them as, as, as a kid, you know, how mature they are for their age and things of that nature. I mean, yeah. games more of a, yeah, a family thing and, and less of a solo, in, you know, thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's a time and place for solo games too. I, I play solo games, I love solo games, but, you know, making it something that as a family, we all know about, we all, you know, are involved in, and my kids don't get anything past this, let's say so. <laughs> Because we know what kind of games are. We know we're so familiar with games that they can't, you know. Oh, my friend says, you know, violent game A is okay. No, that's or not. So they, they kind of have it rough that way. Right. And parents can, <laughs> by the way, and, and youth workers, you need to bring this up, and youth workers, you probably need to do a little seminar on this, is the fact that parents can control, there are controls on video games that will allow certain modes on a, on a console or, or on your phone or anything like that that will prevent some of these things if you don't want them to play certain story modes or uh, other things that would uh, you know conflict with with convictions there that that's correct isn't it? there are there are tools for parents so like, like for example like the 3ds console you, it can limit um uh, ESRB rated games like you can have it so it does not allow the, the 3DS to play like teen or mature rated games so you can kind of do that on the 3DS I'm not exactly sure if the- I think a lot of the consoles allow that on, to some extent yeah. um, but I think one of the things that we also do is we have our so we, we play a lot we have every console but sure. we also play a lot of you know um, PC games, right? Because that's kind of the biggest market for games these days is actually on a computer. Uh, most the more hardcore gamers play that than consoles these days. Mm-hmm. And we have other kids' computers in a public place. It's in the family room. The monitors are facing out. We can walk by at any time and see what they're doing. And really, that's probably the most important thing is just to be there. Say, what are you playing? Mm-hmm. Knowing what's on there. So you know. We walked around, you know, we, 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 we watch what's happening. Right. Kids are. And really, that's probably the most important thing. Right. Kids aren't locked in their bedrooms, right? Exactly. So back in the day, it used to be a real punishment to send a kid to a room. And yeah. today, it is absolute heaven. Yes, I have gotten sent to my room. Thank you, yeah. mother. Where yeah. I have. And, you know, it's funny because when I grew up, I had TV in my room, computer in my room. But I would never let my kids do that. <laughs> Because I know better. <laughs> really, I mean, we, you know, sending kids there—they're not—they're—they're they're jumping on these games. Which goes to my next question here from Chris: it says, how much does gaming play in in a, a part in community? You know, as far as teenagers and community, and I think uh, maybe parents don't quite understand that kids aren't just playing video games, but they're really investing themselves within a community. Well, we try to provide a, a kid-safe community, uh, like one that's, uh, I mean, a lot of times kids will be joining in like these games and and uh, they'll be playing with non-believers and there's going to be, you know, swearing, you know, left and right, you know. So we try to get people together that are Christian or, I mean, we have a we have a Minecraft server, which Minecraft is still huge. You know, there's a lot of people playing that. And we have a lot of people that are even non-believers, but they follow our rules, which is, you know, respect the players, respect our beliefs. You know, you don't have to be a Christian here, but you can't be, you know, can't be bashing our faith here either. So, yeah. so yes, we will come on our survey. Even though they're not believers, they, they like the community there because it's a friendly environment. So, um, so yeah, so you never know when you're any, any kind of, you know, I, you know, I played a game. Uh, called uh, Guns of Icarus. Now the game itself is fine, but it's a matter. This is one of those things where the community ruined it for me because I was on this ship 
and I was new to the game. You know, I've only played a couple times before, and I had the this, the captain barking orders. But I, again, I was new, so you know, I didn't know exactly where some of these things were. But this guy was cussing me out with f bombs. You know, every other word. It's just like you know. I don't need to get berated. So I had a couple, I had another friend with me. We're like, you know what? Let's just abandon ship and let's, we'll, we'll teach him, you know? There, now go fly it by yourself, pal, you know? And so we, we hopped off. <laughs> and so, you know what? That's it. You know, we don't have to put up with that. So you just never know if you're going to be, you know, even if a game is, you know, family friendly and you get in there's free speech without, you know, any kind of filters. Right. You never know what you're going to come across. So, and there's a lot of games that are online and anything online, you never know what you're going to get. Sure. And there are Christian communities. I think that's important for parents and youth workers to know that if you gave your parents a list of communities that were would be considered safe communities, like if it's Minecraft, we'd send them your link and say, hey, we have a we have a link to a safe place where you can go uh, that are uh, run by Christians, uh, that mostly mm-hmm. Christian people show up and play and that they're not going to get trolled and they're not going to get bullied and they're not going to get, you know, those things. And that's an important resource. Uh, for parents to know. And, and sadly, you know, many parents are just not engaged with their kids. They're just not at that level, right? They're doing their eight hour job and God bless them. I'm just, listen, I completely understand. They're working hard. They're working their jobs. They don't have time to check on every little thing. I get it. Uh, but, uh, but, but parents can uh, take hold of those things. They're not, parents aren't victims. Parents can be uh, uh, proactive, um, right. help their own kids, find and, re- and be resources for their kids, especially younger, right, when they're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. But, and the the other part here, community is important. You can find good communities. Uh, Maisha asked, you know, and it talks about, and I don't want to focus on it, but how much do you see as far as the um, uh, the violence, and not just violence, right, but, but language, uh, um, you know, sexual situations, uh, things like that. Do you, you know, would you agree that there's a numbing factor in that, that the more you see something, the less likely you are to yeah, be shocked sure. by it in I real life, was, right? We said, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Can I answer one point on a previous question, though? Just, just something I wanted to point out is that, you know, people may not realize it, but the online communities that people make, sometimes they make lifetime friends. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but people meet people online and become very good friends with them over shared interests. And I think that's really important to point out because, you know, I have some of my brothers, they have friends that they've made online. Some of them are, are, are through their school and they met in person and just became closer friends through online gaming. But others they know from across the country and they've become really good friends. They've known each other for years and years and years. And so I just think it's important to point out that, you know, um, we can also make a positive impact on other people as a, as a shared hobby through gaming, right? So, so if we are, are a good Christian online, mm-hmm. we don't have to necessarily evangelize every time we play. But if we, you know, shine that light on our, you know, and, and just be a good friend, right. that there's good, value there, right? Be a good. And I, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, absolutely. Be a good player, right? Be a good. Don't you don't have to preach. You know, your play, your gameplay will preach, right? Your how you play the game, how you respond to people, how you the, the respect, people, sportsmanship, respect, exactly. and sportsmanship, all that kind of good stuff right. plays a part in that. Uh, well, one of our viewers actually met his spouse in a game. Really. 
Yeah, I guess he just kept healing her and healing her and healing her. And <laughs> wow. And they got to know each other, and uh, yeah, they got married, yeah. Take, take note, single youth pastors. You can meet the love of your life online. Be sure Nobody wants to be the healer. This could be a new Christian ministry. Uh, exactly, exactly. It'd be like the, the video game version of eHarmony, right? It'd be eHealing.com. Make sure you got a lot of healing potions, guys. You know, spend that uh, money on the healing. And uh, <laughs> if you heals, why can't we? Absolutely, why not? Right, we're there. And uh, and so when we when we have, you know, talking about community, and we wonder why kids too. Listen, kids spend an enormous amount of time in gameplay, and kids are closer to their online communities than there are their own youth groups many times because of simply amount of time. Simply the, the shared amount of time and activity they spend together, uh, uh, it, it draws them into that community. And we wonder, why, well, listen, then the only way to fix that is every Wednesday should be a LAN party of some kind where everybody's on a computer and we're all just interacting that way. And we're spending, you know, we have one hour as a youth worker. We only get an hour to an hour and a half on a Wednesday night versus kids that are spending in team play, if you're playing Overwatch, if you're playing something else, you're playing in, with other people at a team level, you know, for hours and hours. You know, it's funny you mention that because uh, one of the things that some of my friends, I only see once a year because, you know, life, we're adults, right? So um, let's not stretch it. But, not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, some of my friends, I only see once a year at our yearly land game. We do that at once a year. Wow. And uh, at our house. And, uh, yeah, there's some friends I only see then. So I, I know it, it is a great way of, of, you know, connecting and just spending time together and just, you know, having a good time. So. so, Cheryl, is it, do you think the, so as far as the, it's just really about time then, right? Time spent. And I don't know, do you guys have limits for your kids for video game time? Because it's all about the time spent, is it not? And, and how do you then balance time with then creating opportunities for empathy, maybe? I think it depends on the kid. So some of our kids, we don't have to, to, to keep a close clock on how much they play. Sure. Um, but others of our kids... We do have to keep a close lock because it really depends on how addictive their personality is, how, you know, how varied their interests are. So if one kid, you know, is, is into this but also likes to play video games and they seem to have a reasonable balance in their life, then we'll be we'll pretty, pretty loose on the – what are you doing? We'll be pretty loose on, on the time limits. But with other kids who don't seem to have that balance, um, we've had to be a little more strict. So it's it's kind of difficult, but it's one of those things where you have to parent to the child, you know, and um, right. that's kind of how we've done it. As parents, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I want to shelter, but not like completely enclose the kids, right? So it's like one of those things where I don't want them to feel like they have to break away to be able to enjoy life. But on the flip side, you know, we also have set have to set limits because that's what we do as parents, right? Fair and reasonable as much as we can so they feel like we're being fair and reasonable with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but at the same time, 
basically life can still be fun while you're a Christian. You know, it's not like you have to live in this terrible little, you know, your head's going to explode. But at the same time, um, having limits and, and it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a tight rope that, that you have to walk. And uh, it's something I hope we do well as parents. I mean, we'll find out as they grow older, but you know, right. Every kid, and, I, and I like what you said there, Jay, because, because every kid is different. I have three kids. I have a 24 year old daughter. I have a 22 year old son and I have a 17 year old son. And of three of them, my 17 year old, he's the gamer kid. He's the guy that's on there playing Overwatch. He's doing all that. My 22 year old checked out. He didn't. He wasn't his gig. He, he was like, okay, uh, you know. And then my daughter Haley just found him completely almost useless. Uh, maybe it was just past her. She was like, oh, you know, video games, and uh, she was just too good for him. Maybe I don't know. But you know, every one of those kids needed. You know, they they played some, but it wasn't. It did not um, take for some of them. So you know, some things. You know, kids are. Trying to try things out, and maybe they just never, it never materializes for them. They're not going to be lifetime or, you know, become gamers their whole life and, and worried about all those things. Um, the, uh, you know, I want to jump into too. I mean, because I know parents, uh, youth pastors are going to hopefully pass this along to their parents and talk about these things uh, with their parents. But I also want to talk about the youth pastors themselves because back in the day, you know, when you when video games and consoles first started to get hot. Uh, you know, youth workers wanted to have these in their rooms, right? We wanted to put them in there. Of course, like with everything else, the church lit their hair on fire and ran around and went insane. And, and you know, uh, t- to the degree where everything was evil, right? I mean, look, we, we didn't want electric guitars in the church, let alone video games in the church at some point in church history, right? There's certain things we didn't want. So now... Talk to youth pastors here. What kind of recommendations? Because I see online all the time. I see youth workers asking about what kind of systems should they have? Uh, you know, what kind of games should they allow? Uh, all those kind of things. Because you have a you're, you're dealing with mass now. Now you're dealing with different. You're dealing with other people's parents, right? You're dealing with a, a cross section of people that um, you know don't all hold the values that <clears throat> say a 23, 24, 26 year old youth worker has. Um, and uh, so, what some advice? That you would give first of all let's talk about um the game systems what kind of game systems are you recommending that maybe youth workers have if in fact maybe you said you don't recommend them be in the youth rooms at all you may say no i think that's a terrible idea but if you do what what would you recommend um switch well if you had to have a console okay so here's kind of how i look at it you don't have to have video games in church. That's not really, that's a choice you can make at an individual ministry level. Right. I don't think it's important. Right. I think what's important is not disparaging or saying, well, that's a terrible hobby. I think instead, you know, treating it with respect like anything else, like TVs or movies, you know, treating them equally, you know, not saying that it's, it's somehow, you know, good or bad. It's, it's, it's not, it's good. It's not good or bad. It's just some humans do not play games. They don't, humans cannot constantly do the same thing all the time. They need variety in their life. Sure. So therefore it's a form of entertainment. Um, but church generally is about spiritual growth. So whether video games are appropriate in that context, I'm not, you know, that's up to them. Right. But with that said, yeah, what she said is, is younger ages groups are generally, we would say the Nintendo systems, which the current one is Switch, um, is generally speaking, it's a safer bet. It's the safest bet. Um, now I understand that older groups may not like those kind of games anymore. Right. Or they may think they're for kids, which I always laugh at because it's usually 
mostly the kids that want to play the adulty games. And you find many adults that like to play games that are kid kid friendly because they're more fun. It's not because they're whatever. But besides that, yeah, I mean, Nintendo's are always a safe bet. Um, they make excellent games that are fun and family friendly. Um, and if it's for all ages, definitely. When it comes to more, you know, Call of Duty type games, they're not typically as common on, on Nintendo platforms, and they don't run as well because they're not as high performance. You know, if you, sure. you know get the practicals. So PlayStation or Xbox is okay for those, but. I mean, but even in general, I mean, I'd say for churches, if this is going to be inside a church, stick with more, you know, safer games, kind of like racing games and stuff like that. Or maybe like Rocket League would be a perfect one. I mean, you're racing cars. I mean, it's still a fun game, sure, right. but it's not going to have the language or the blood or whatever that would offend some people. Yeah, and the nice thing about a game like Rocket League or, you know, is that it's split screen and you can have make it a social experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, some racing games on, on consoles like Forza or whatever, they're simulations. They're not really something you can share, right? Right. So something like Rocket League is actually really good because you can have split screen, you can play with friends, you can play online with other people, and it's kind of a, more of a social experience there. And, and so, you know, that would be, that's a really good example, actually, of a great game that would be good for, you know, for groups to play. Well, yeah, and uh, anything where I, you can do, like, I always remember playing James Bond, right? And you had four, you had four little squares you could be, right? And that, that, to me, yes. was the more kids you could allow to play in a game, too, versus one-on-one. But anything you do with fours or things like that, of course, is right. a great benefit. But you say the Switch now, is a, is a it, it works very well, and it's pretty good. Uh, it has... Uh, pretty good graphics, all that kind of good stuff. Well, you know, it's funny because Nintendo tends to make systems that are less powerful than the others. It's just the games that they make are so great. Right. Right. So, you know, Mario Kart or, you know, uh, Zelda are don't look as pretty as some of the games that are on PlayStation or Xbox. Sure. But they're, they're really good games and they're family friendly. So that's, that's really the main difference. Um, and that's why we say that. Yeah, I mean, some and some of the other games that are you know ported for the Switch just don't run as well as a, as a PlayStation counterpart or an Xbox counterpart or PC or whatever. So it's not a powerhouse, but it, the games that are optimized for it, like you, you know, Nintendo does how to do it because it's their own system. But right. some of the other ones don't. If you have another option, you might want to pursue the other option. Right. So the way I look at it is, you know, for games, there's like. Nintendo games are only on Nintendo systems. It's always been that way. That's probably not going to change anytime soon. Well, they have the phone ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. So, and then you have cross-platform, which is about 80-plus percent of games are cross-platform now, outside of Nintendo. Right. right? So PlayStation, Xbox, and computer tend to have about 80% of all games that are released. Goes to all three because because the switch is so much less powerful. That's that's not really the case with that one. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the for the okay. So and then you have PlayStation has a lot of Japanese games, right? So if you like your your long RPGs or or visual novel type things or whatever, they're going to be on PlayStation. Xbox has very few exclusives actually. Almost everything's on PC and Xbox. And many things are on all three. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you want, I mean, really the main reason to get an Xbox is Forza. If you really like Forza or Halo, get an Xbox. If you don't really like Forza or Halo, get a PlayStation because there's more games that are unique to PlayStation. But again, you tend to find more games on PlayStation that are sexual content, right? So they tend to be more, well, fan servicey. 
Right, and that's so, a great, that's a great tip though to know that for parents yeah. and youth workers too. That PlayStation tends to play towards those in titles, uh, maybe right. versus some other systems. Right. So even though, to be fair, even Nintendo has gone that way a little bit lately. They they haven't gone as far. But they're, you know, especially with the Switch and just the newer systems in general, they're they're trying to reach a more adult audience. Mm-hmm. Um, they've figured out that targeting kids only isn't getting them the sales they wanted. <laughs> so that most many of the gamers that are older have bigger wallets. Sure. So they've realized that they still want games for kids, but they also make games now. Like in years past, Bayonetta would have never happened. On, on a Nintendo platform, but it did, mm-hmm. and now they're making a third one. And Bayonet is fun; it's violent, and the main character is extremely tight clothing. It's a female, sure. So, um, you know, and that's not the only example. So, um, you know, so even Nintendo is there's no free lunch, okay? Right. It's not just fine. If it's, oh, it's a game that's not Nintendo, it's automatically good. No, it's not that simple. Right. You know, you should, right. every game purchase should always involve research, whether it's our resources or the SRBs or another website that has, you know, appropriate, like, plugged in, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are resources out there they should be taken advantage of, um, and parents should always pay attention to what's on the back of the box. Um, and if they have a phone, look it up on, you know, look it up on the website. You know, on Steam, there's this trick that we, I use a lot because there are over 10,000, like around 10,000 games on Steam. And Steam is the largest gaming platform. It's actually PC personal computer gaming. Right. Um, and most really hardcore gamers are moving away from consoles and toward computer gaming. Uh-huh. That's, that's just the way it is because you get better graphics. Uh, you don't have to pay for online because it's free online because you just use your internet. Um, and games are cheaper. So, they go on sale a lot. And they go on sale a lot. So, for example, um, you know, a game like that $60 on a console may still be $60 or, or, you know, a year from now, but on Steam, it's almost certainly going to be 30 or even 15 because this is the way, the way PC game prices just drop like a rock much faster than the console. So a lot of gamers go that route. And, uh, but the thing is, is Steam is not as strict on content. They don't even like consoles. You have to be ESRB rated to be on a console. It has to be. Um, but on Steam, that's not the case. So are there ratings on Steam? There are tags. Tags, yeah. So a lot of times gamers will play a game and put a tag on the game saying it has nudity. That's one thing you can use. But what I like to do is, because sometimes even nudity isn't descriptive enough, what I like to do is I click on discussion forums, and then I click on screenshots. Now, there is this human tendency to want to capture the most lewd things possible. Yes. So and then share them. And then share them with the world. Yes. So, so it is almost guaranteed that the worst scenes in a game will be on the screenshots. So if somebody can manage to pause it just to get that one panty shot, right. they will try. Yes. And so that's what you do is you go to Steam's store page under discussions and click on screenshots and just browse. And you'll get a really good idea of what the game is like through all the player submitted screenshots. And there are sometimes thousands of them. So, so many, many of the developers on Steam, a lot of them are indie developers, and they don't have the money or the funds to afford to have the ESRB rate their games. So many games on Steam are not rated. Well, that is a great tip because obviously the way in the in the world we live in now, uh, we're going to say, do you? And I, this is my 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 uh, prophecy here is that we're eventually going to get rid of discs. Right, every game will be yes. downloadable. Yeah. 
because yes. this is so important for parents to understand uh, and youth workers because, uh, you know, parents would go in and look at the back of the, the video game and say, there's the rating. Well, they're not going to get that. They don't have that. You know, they're no. buying their kids. They're buying their kids uh, uh, cards, right, where they right. can buy. Uh, Steam cards or um, uh, what's the other ones? There's uh, uh, for Xbox. Yeah, like, yeah. Xbox Live. Yeah, yeah, Xbox, right? yeah, Xbox Gold or whatever. Xbox yeah. Gold, and so they have all. So, so yeah, PlayStation Store, whatever. Right. So right. some of those ratings are going uh, are not are not visible to parents, and so that's a great tip, though. That to yes, it takes a little extra time, but parenting, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's part of the yeah. parenting process. That you know what yeah. we we check on our kids' homework. We check on our kids, uh, how they're doing in school. They would check with their, about their friends. Well, what's one extra step to go and check and say, hey, show me what you're doing there. Show me what's on your Steam. What have you downloaded? Yeah, um, I mean, you can usually view, you view their profile on Steam and see what kind of games that they have and, 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 how, and, and how many hours that they've played this that's game. That's actually another really good tip is even if <laughs> it's to get your own Steam account and be friends with your kids. Be, same, make sure, same with Facebook and Twitter. I mean, you, should, right. you should be following your kids everywhere. Absolutely. On, on, but on, on Steam, you can see every game that they've played in the last two weeks, how many hours in every single game in the last two weeks, and then you can view how many hours they've played in the history of their account. Wow. So Steam gives quite a lot of information to friends. because It's really meant so that you, you and your friends know what kind of games you like so you can play them together. Sure. But it's also useful for parents. Well, it's also data for PlayStation and for Xbox and other things, so they know the, how popular their games are, right. um, time of day, all that kind of jazz for the data po- points that they gather from that uh, about yeah. players. So let's move to real quick as we kind of close our time together is talking about parents. Now, there's going to be parents who are going to be, and I've seen them, they wander aimlessly uh, down the aisles at Walmart and Target and other things, and they're glazed over looking through these glass cases of video game after video game after video game. And they're going, now, what did my son say he wanted or what did my daughter say (laughs) or or what should I get to them? Or they're buying for some. If if parents are doing that, can you make some recommendations, maybe of some maybe new games that you say? And, and once again, this is this is not only for uh, uh, maybe for consoles. Maybe you can make a recommendation for consoles, uh, but you could also maybe make a recommendation for iPhone, right? Some apps that would, like if you're going to uh, give kid money to you know, spend in, in maybe the uh, iTunes Store or uh, Steam or anything like that. Just some 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 you know ideas for parents as they go along. And whether they're buying for console or other other platforms. Actually, uh, we we've been doing this for the past uh, few years. We have a Christmas buying guide oh. of the best games that we've played in the year uh, throughout the year. That is the best, you know, fun and best moral games, and we break it down by consoles. So we have like Switch, Virtual Reality, PlayStation, Xbox. Um, on, I don't know. I didn't have too many. Uh, I think we normally have Vita. We only have like one entry on Vita this year, but most of the other Vita games we play don't qualify to be on that list. Vita's dead anyway. <laughs> but no, <laughs> yes. your folks, Vita is dead. <laughs> no, we like it, but it's just Sony's, Sony's kind of slowing down. Yeah, um, but uh, even you know we even had like a couple of mobile entries on there as well. What I would say is this is uh, for for parents. This is one of those things where if your child is a gamer, seriously consider getting to know what they like or at least getting to know what kind of games they like and what do they play is 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 really important because that's being a parent right that knowing what our kids are into 
Exactly. You know? And playing with your kid. And then, and then you can just go, you can go to the GameStop guy and say, look, my kid really likes RPGs or really likes sports games or really like this or that. Right. Make some recommendations for me. Right. And, and that's what they're there for. That's, you know, or you can come to us and do the same thing. Absolutely. And look at things like Rock Band, right? When Rock Band came out, it, that became a family friendly thing it was like everybody could play everybody could do their part uh, I did it with our family it was it was fun and you can buy family involving games where everybody can play we're not we're so this is for you you know thinking in the realms more of this is for us this is something right. we can do for us as a family and now just off the top of your head we're going to send people to the Christmas list but if you gave me your top three let's say for any platform or anything like that what what do you think's hot Nintendo knocked it out of the park this year. They have not had a year this good, and I can't remember how long. Maybe the Super Nintendo? I don't know. Um, the new Zelda is absolutely unbelievable. The new Mario game is absolutely fantastic. Mario Kart is a remake, but it's You should make this thing about the Mario. Well, okay. In the Super Mario uh, Odyssey is fantastic, but the hat does possess creatures and control them. Okay. So that may be, um, some people may not be comfortable with that. Sure. The first time it happens is a little weird because you like see this weird like zoomed in view where you go into, it's, it's kind of strange. But after that, it's just a game mechanic. So, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's that's a perfect choice you'll have to make. Right. But they are excellent games. Nintendo has really done a wonderful job this year uh, with some really great games. So that's, that's the easy recommendation. Right. Um, for anybody. Um, there's a reason the switches are impossible to buy because they keep on some flying off the shelves. <laughs> right. And I want to get one for our, I think that's just going to be, you know, for us and our, our youth ministry, I would like to just get a switch because it's mobile, right? It's no longer, you're no longer just committed to the TV. You can bring it anywhere in the youth room. You can set it up. You can do competitive things right out there. You're not back in the dark room somewhere where you have to have the TV and all that kind of stuff back there, but you can be playing right there in the, in the middle of everything. Um, but I think, guys, this is such good stuff, and I so appreciate what you guys do as parents. I also appreciate what you guys do as gamers. Uh, I wish I was a better gamer. But, um, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate what you guys are doing. And we're going to put all the – once again, we're going to put all the links uh, down in the show notes below. So be sure to do that. And let everybody know where they can keep up with you guys, so especially when you guys are posting things like that. Give us all your handles. Uh, give us all those kind of things and, and so where people can find you. Probably the easiest thing, if you go to um, ChristCenterGamer.com, um, on the bottom of the page, usually underneath the uh, the YouTube video I have there, there's a bunch of follow links. So there I have, like, the Facebook, our Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is Divine Games, and uh, his is Ivy Jamin. Yeah. He doesn't use Facebook, so don't worry about that. But I have Facebook, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we actually we have a Discord server if you like to chat with us real time. Um, yeah, so yeah, so just check out all those links. Thank you so much, guys. So much good information. And thank you, the listener today. Hopefully this was a value today that you learned a few new things about video games and maybe some information to pass along to your parents. And uh, I want to thank you for listening because the Youth Ministry Emotion Podcast is here to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Hopefully we have done that today. And uh, we hope that uh, you enjoyed this podcast enough that you will go by iTunes, leave a few stars, maybe a review. That will help us get found in iTunes search. And uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for being a part, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.